This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, March 18th. This is episode 243. I am Dan Ellis. I am Ryan Duffy. You are. Oh, thank you. You are Ryan Duffy. Uh, and and this handsome fellow to my right. What? Is, is Someone Mr. else is here? <laughs> Mr. Matt. How you guys doing? I'm alive. Yeah. Hey, me too. Yay. Yay. I like that. I, I like I like I like that on both counts. Uh what have you guys been up to over the last week? Uh not a whole lot of interesting things. Yeah, how's the nipple? Uh, it's still doing good. Yeah. Uh it got a little gooey one day. Oh. <laughs> That's a, such a strange adjective. Gooey. Well, like, you know, it's just like the healing process is like goopiness mm-hmm. coming out of it, but it just did that one day and like out of out of the wounds, not, yeah, yeah, not out of your the nipple. In yeah, I wasn't lactating. Okay, it was it was out of the wound. Yeah, so I just that I doesn't just, sound good. Still, well, it wasn't like an infection. It's kind of like you know, like when a like a wet scab. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just had I, I I salted it and it was good to go. Hmm. Yeah. Ugh. So now you have a salty, goopy nipple. What's what they said to do? Is actually soak it in salt water. Huh. Help with the healing and yeah. blood. Yeah, nothing can live in salt water. Well, I think it's, it, <laughs> it just helps dry it up. You got a bunch of brine shrimp all around <laughs> your nipple now. Tuna fish. <laughs> but no, like it doesn't. It Sharks. It just did that the one day. Then uh, it hasn't been sticking to the piercing at all or anything. So I'm like, it's. I think it's healing up good. So do you rotate it? Do you play with it a lot? Uh, I try not to play with it a lot. The other night, laying in bed, I uh, like I rolled over and I moved my arm across my chest and my finger caught it. And, like Oof. I was like, ah! <laughs> I know I'm awake. <laughs> like for a second, then I'm like, do I turn the lights on? Because it feels like I ripped it. <laughs> uh, do but, I even want to see the damage that may I, be done? I just kept like patting my nipple, and I'm like. Okay, my my fingers are dry. There's no blood. <laughs> I don't feel any blood on my my hands. Okay, it's not bleeding. Should be okay. Oh, but yeah, that hurt. Yeah, I'm sure so it did. It, it's like it doesn't hurt to like touch or move around or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just if like you hit it or if it gets caught and like pulled on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that fucking hurts. So no punching you in the tit for no. a while. No, then I use one of those like little loofah things in the shower, so I gotta like. Be careful! I don't get any of that caught on it. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Very gentle with it. Ooh. And you, sir? I have nothing as exciting as a gooey nipple story. <laughs> <laughs> I share. Uh, but uh, you know, things are pretty good right now. Pretty good. Uh, did you ever watch? Fuck! What is the name? The Patriot, or just yes. Patriot? The, the movie, the, the series. Mm. Oh no! Oh. I thought you meant the Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. No, there was there was a was it on Amazon? I think Amazon Prime. There's a there's a series called Patriot, and mm. it's this guy who just he's he's depressed, 
Uh, he, he has some depression issues, but he's also like a agency hitman kind of guy. Okay. And he seems like a decent guy that is thrust into this world of having to do awful shit that he doesn't like doing. And that just kind of feeds into his depression and makes it all the, all the more worse for him all the time. So he kills hmm. somebody. He's all droopy about it. Like, ah, and fuck. then as he's, and then as he's trying to accomplish the mission goals of like killing somebody or getting, you know, a, a bit of, inf- a bit of Intel or whatever, uh, in trying to make things right for people that he's wronged, he, it just always goes completely awry and just makes things worse and worse all the time. Hmm. But his, it, well, it's not really giving anything away, but at, at the end of the series, it's ended now. I think it ran for three seasons, maybe four. But at the end of the series, you know, he always has this thing where somebody asks him, Hey, John, how you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> That's just his go-to. Like his mm. life is in shambles. Everything, the world is falling apart around him. And his answer is always just pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's, somebody asked him like, really pretty good. And he's like, it's my go-to. <laughs> so when you said that, I was like, oh, it reminds me of John from Patriot. Mm. That's, I mean, that's always been my go-to. Like, how you doing? Still alive. <laughs> but yeah. I I usually go with fantastic for some reason. Or, eh, pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, Anything else? Well, no, I, got, I, I got my car back. Oh, the Nissan? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. And how's it running? I drove it home. Then I've been driving the Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Seem all right, though? Yeah. Yeah. The guy, I guess I got to take care of that car in a completely different way. So once I get it paid down enough, I'm getting rid of it. You have to take care of it in a completely different way? Uh, normally, your transmission's good. Like, you don't really need to change you don't even the think fluid about it, yeah. and it and stuff like, yeah, 100,000 miles, you might change your fluid in your transmission. Yeah. But now it requires exhaust jobs? No. You. Well, now it requires me to change that transmission fluid like every 20,000 miles. Mm-hmm. because apparently those transmissions burn the oil up inside of them and that's what mine did it burned all the oil up and there was nothing left oh i'm like that happens in these he's like yeah it happens in them hmm. yeah i'd say uh I, you should, yeah uh, i made i made a comment i'm like well it's pretty much highway driving he goes yep that's what'll do it to him like really? highway driving is not good on these transmissions i'm like what the fuck are you saying he's like they heat up that's ridiculous yeah huh hmm. well i'm sorry that sucks yeah I haven't done a whole lot other than just work is still fucking nuts all the time. It's just crazy, super, super busy. Um, I did replace the faucet in the bathroom down here yesterday and have bruises across my back because of mm, Tracy was whipping and climbing into the cupboard underneath the sink to replace (laughs) the fucking faucet. I hate, like, I'll do home improvement stuff. I don't mind, you know, Doing some wiring, do wirings, minor construction shit. I don't mind. I fucking hate plumbing. I've always fucking hated plumbing. Yeah. Because, and it's probably just because I'm not very good at it. Anytime, almost every time that I've tried to do anything plumbing wise, there's always some tiny fucking leak that I can't get to stop. And it drives me insane. Yeah. And that's what happened here. I replaced the faucet. The faucet works fantastically. It's great. It's awesome. Super good. Works wonderfully. It's the drain in the in the sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bottom of the sink where the drain spout goes down into. You know, I replaced the whole assembly and everything. And for whatever reason, I just can't get it to seal very well there. And 
in a fit of rage <laughs> after, after fucking with it for hours yesterday, I was just like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm going to fucking call somebody. And so I have a plumber coming on Wednesday <laughs> and we'll probably just end up replacing yeah. the whole Thing shooting again. match. Cause it just, broke it. well, I think I may have. Because I just thought, oh, well, maybe it's just not tight enough. I need to need to put some some man grease on this and just fucking <laughs> crank it as hard as I can. And as I'm tightening the the plastic fitting under the sink that's supposed to compress this gasket up into there to stop the leak, uh, I'm, I'm tightening, 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 and then I hear snap. And then it was really easy to make it turn some more. Uh, and I was like, well, that can't be good. Nope. No. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm calling somebody. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because then it's like, oh, great. Well, now if it is broken, then I've got to dismantle the whole fucking thing under there again. And this is after I had dismantled the whole fucking drain and the P-trap and it, oh, God, I, I fucking hate plumbing. It, it sounds like a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was awful. Uh, But so we'll have somebody come out and fix it and I will pay them and be grateful to pay whatever i have to to just fucking be done with it get it taken care of. yeah just <laughs> it's awful yeah uh so there was that uh golfing over the weekend was fun it was fucking cold though man it was barely above freezing when we started oh yeah yeah it was it got well we got hit by all that snow and shit earlier this week yeah too. like two days before yeah. or three days before the tournament that i was supposed to play on saturday the tournament already yeah yeah first Jesus. first tournament of the year well, first monthly tournament, um, and we didn't play terrifically, but it was fun. <laughs> um, and it was just wet and muddy and yeah, not not great conditions. Mm-hmm. I have a cart cover, and then I got a little portable propane heater with some accessories for the propane heater, <laughs> so you can make ro- top ramen while you're out and there. And it got like it got hot in the cart. <laughs> like we, we ended up opening the doors and driving around for a little bit because it just it got really warm in there. The heater is awesome. It works really really well. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And yeah, work's been crazy. Did the plumbing thing and just watching my news programs on Sunday. Which brings me to the next thing that I wanted to mention during the opening here. Um, so I, I watch several, I watch news like all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's like, that's what's on. And if I'm in the kitchen or wherever, that's, it's usually on in the background while I'm working throughout the day. I watch a lot of news. I'm kind of a news junkie. Yeah. From multiple sources. Local and national. Yeah, both. Well, today you do, right you do your Fox thing. News on Sunday. Yeah. Well, and I, so on Sunday, I watch, um, this week with George Stephanopoulos. I watch Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. I watch, uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. I watch Face the Nation with, um, God. And I don't watch that one nearly as much because it's only like half of the, only half of the show airs here for whatever reason. Hmm. Uh, I watch, um, GPS. Uh, the global public square and there's one more that i'm trying to think of sesame street is slipping my mind anyway so i watch like all the sunday news programs and i usually pick up a few different you know funny or interesting sound bites as i'm doing it um this week there were a couple that that i really liked especially in light of the new zealand shooting at yeah. the at the two mosques there in Christchurch, 
which, which is, is ironic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a couple couple mosques in Christchurch, yeah. New Zealand. Um, but there was there was this bit uh, from Matthew Dowd on, and both of these are from um, this week with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, this one and this one from Matthew Dowd I thought was pretty good. I mean, what we've seen over the course of the last few years is we've seen this radical white supremacy, radical white nationalism that's arise. It's it's now killed people in a mosque. It's killed people in a Jewish temple. It's killed people in a Christian church in Charleston. And it's killed people in a Sikh church in Wisconsin. So it's it's broad and base. It's killed people in Norway. It's killed people in France. It's killed people in England in this. To me, when you look at this, there's three things that I think are causing this or to touch on that actually we have to deal with. One, global communications, as you talked about, as it was talked about on the piece at the start of the show, is that the radicalization of people that have these feelings now be able to connect to each other in a much deeper way because of technology. Two is we don't prioritize our resources in the government in dealing with this issue. As the stats have shown, 75% of the people that have been killed by terrorism in the United States of America have been by white nationalists. 75% of the people killed in the United States were killed mm-hmm. in terrorist acts were killed by white nationalists. Well, we it know probably that. has the least amount of money spent towards curbing that. It's, yeah. it's, it's what we see happening too i mean mm. you know when there's a shooting and then they find the shooter oh it's some right-wing white guy mm. you know over and over again i mean this that's exactly what we see mm-hmm. in this country not by isis not by radical islam but by white nationalism. we don't pri- we spend billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars on against radical islam and not on white nationalism and the third is the words we use and the rhetoric that's done when you bash immigrants when you bash refugees when you when you say we want to put up a wall when you say we want to ban all muslims it doesn't it, I'm not, it's not responsible for it but it does cause this cauldron of yeah well it, it also emboldens the people that have the same rhetoric mm-hmm. yeah the people who already mm-hmm. believe that way yeah. just enforces the shitty beliefs that they already yeah. that they already have and normalizes it when yeah. you have the president of the united states in almost every fucking interview he does these days, talking about all of the drug smugglers and rapists and mm-hmm. criminals coming from Mexico, it's pretty easy to see how so many people then who who listened to the orange jackass would say, oh, yeah, well, those Mexicans are bad people. All Mexicans. Yeah. And or, or that you you start to have that reinforced and that narrative framed in your mind that, oh, Mexicans are dangerous people. And we should we should absolutely try to keep them out of our country. And the ones who are here, if they haven't caused problems yet, they're going to be a problem eventually. They're going to join MS-13. They're going to yeah. start dealing drugs. They're going to become mules. They're going to participate in human trafficking. They're going to be rapists. They're going to be robbing places. And that just doesn't fucking happen. It, that's that's not how it's, it's any of it works. It's the opposite of the statistics. Yeah. And and like Matthew Dowd said, 75% of the people killed in the United States through terrorism have died at the hands of white nationalists. Yeah. And we don't allocate any resources to stopping that. And we've got a president who doesn't even recognize that that's a fucking problem. When he was asked earlier this week if if he believes that white nationalism is a problem, oh no, no, it's I think I you know I think it's just a few individual yeah. people who you know have have some terrible things that they do, but no, I, I I don't think it's a problem. He probably doesn't even know what they mean by that, or that he's a part of it. Yeah, that could that absolutely could be the case because he is that fucking ignorant and stupid. Yeah. 
It's very, very frustrating. He, he yeah. probably literally thinks it was those handful of people at Charleston. Yeah, well, Charlottesville. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and yeah. he, and I don't, and and that's that goes to his whole thing. Well, they're good people on both yeah, sides. Exactly. How how is somebody threatening the lives of others and intimidating others and claiming the title of a white nationalist? How how is anything that they do from that point then? Considered to be a, a good and fine person. Yeah. The the second you have a crowd screaming, basically, let's kill Jews. Yeah. Jews uh, will not replace us. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, there's nobody good there. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's it's a whole uh, train of shit. Yeah. Uh, the the second bit followed pretty closely on the heels of what Matthew Dowd had said uh, on this episode of this week, and it was from oh shit, what is her name? Alice Stewart. She apparently was the communications director for, not Marco Rubio, and I feel bad that I'm, com- the, oh, Ted Cruz. Oh. She was the communications yeah. Yeah. director for Ted Cruz's 2016 run as, uh, or, when he was running for president. Oh, sure. well, well, yeah, no, she started in 2017 for the 2018 run. Huh? Well, it said she started in 2017 on the thing, didn't it? No. Uh, maybe I read that wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but she's she's a Republican consultant. And if you, so in your mind picture, uh, mid to late fifties, blonde woman, white Caucasian woman, be, be, uh, bejeweled or bedazzled cross with a, yeah, with a diamond cross pendant on her necklace or, or diamond cross on her necklace as she said this. George, I, th- I think it's irresponsible. Oftentimes what we're seeing in the last few days is pointing fingers uh, as a result of this. There are two people to blame for this tragedy in New Zealand. It is the, the gunman and the devil. The, it, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> the gunman and the devil. Those are the two people we need to blame. And she went on to say that, you know, she she didn't say it directly that it wasn't an issue about gun control or anything, but it's an issue of the person behind the gun. She She made some veiled reference to the the person behind the gun is responsible but saying the devil yeah when so that's you know we run up against this all the time as atheists right that especially if you're an outspoken atheist where you say religion is harmful and Mm -hmm. i really wish that people would stop believing in harmful bullshit and you get you always get this pushback of oh well you know there's religion does some good for for some things too and it you know it helps a lot of people uh, you know, a lot of people find joy and satisfaction and whatever. Okay, great. Yeah, fine. But when you are on a national news program and you are in the spotlight as somebody who is a communications director for somebody running for the office of president of the United States, and you say such dumb shit as there are two people responsible, the gunman and the devil, yeah. when you blame problems on a non-existent entity... Gee. How the fuck are you going to fix something when you're blaming something that doesn't fucking exist yeah. in the first place? And something had to put this idea in his head to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was motivated. It was, it was a racist and religious attack, yeah. right? A, a, a racist well, and religious terrorist attack. He also, I guess, uh, I've seen the photos of his weapons that he had. They had, uh, with like white marker, like white out almost, it looked like like a bunch of words written on them. Oh, and yeah? I guess on some parts of the gun, he had written the names of other mass shooters on it that had went and taken out my heroes, other people of race. Oh, geez. So people that he looked up to, his people heroes, that he looked yeah, up yeah. to that also did this. 
and I guess in his manifesto, he was he had a, a picture of himself wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat, saying, "You know, Trump and the alt right and everything is, yeah, is super good, super good, super awesome. They're they're, they're just they're, great, yeah. And and then you know, on the heels of the shooting too, you've got dumb fuckers like Rush Limbaugh, oh, yeah, saying like the false flag bullshit, yeah." Yeah, the the quote from him was, there's an an ongoing theory that the shooter himself may, in fact, be a leftist who writes the manifesto and then goes out and performs the deed purposely to smear his political enemies, (laughs) knowing he's he's going to get shot in the process. You you, you know, you just can't. You you can't immediately discount this. The the left is this insane. They are this crazy. And then if this, if, and then if that's exactly what the, the guy is, is trying to do, then, then he's had a home run because right there on Fox news, it says shooter is an admitted white nationalist who hates immigrants. That's a good voice. Thank you. But if the person yeah, is an admitted people, someone, a left wing type person, like, see, look, look what the left, left wing's doing. It's like, you don't think that's a false flag. Why is it only a false flag when it's someone that. That proclaims to have the same beliefs as you. It's a false flag because it doesn't fit my narrative, Ryan. Yep. It doesn't fit what I want to believe about this country. Is is that white people are superior? Religion is good. Trump is an awesome, brilliant man, a great leader, a wonderful business person. That can be debated. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of that can be debated and, and and shown to be absolutely fucking false. But it it's what people want to believe. Yeah. And when you coddle people and allow them to believe what they want to believe versus what is objectively true, you set yourself up for failure time and time again. And we see it with shootings like mm-hmm. what happened in New Zealand, with what happened in Charlottesville. All of these different things that are happening when we allow people to hold on to their fucking delusions rather than face objective reality <clears throat> for what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a way to incubate tribalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To set up these little pods of, you know, echo chambers is cliche, but when we don't break that down, you know, like what we have, that's, this is what sprouts from, mm-hmm. from those, uh, areas from the bad ones anyway. But the, the problem is people believe this shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, people believe, yeah, it's left is trying to smear the, the right, or they're trying to take your guns away. So they're going out and killing, pretending to have shootings going on to make a reason to take your guns away from you. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course they, I mean, of course they do. If they, if they didn't think the left was bad, they wouldn't be right. Right. They wouldn't be on the right. Mm-hmm. They, they would be on the left if they thought it was good and right, you know? So, well, I mean, thinking one side's good or bad doesn't, I think, play into having to make up complete and total other, utter lies about the actual killing of people. Well, that's the other thing too, though, right? Is that if, if you're part of the narrative, if your side of the, if your side of the aisle was correct in their beliefs and, and you had good information to go by, that's what you would use. You wouldn't make up bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be forced to make up lies about what other people are doing and use that to reinforce the narrative that you're promoting. You could just use objective reality fact facts to support what, what you are saying. Right. And they can't. And so they do shit like this, like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Well, remember that time they were right about the pedophile ring in the pizza shop? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. They, yeah, yes, that was absolutely correct. No, but, but then also I heard immediately after it happened, people started putting narrative out there on Facebook and social media. Well, see, gun control doesn't help. New Zealand has a gun ban and mm. look at this happening. So I, I had to go to the internets. Mm-hmm. I had to go 
look it up. I'm like, I know Australia has a kind of a gun ban. It's just very, really restrictive. I'm like, okay, what does New Zealand got? Hmm. You're allowed to own a firearm in New Zealand as long as you follow the correct protocol, Mm -hmm. which was uh, you had to go through a firearm safety class. Mm -hmm. You had to be signed off by the local uh, police department saying that you are safe and authorized to have it. And they register the gun to you. And then you have to have a safe in your house in the safe where you locate and the type of safe you have has to be inspected by the local police department. To make sure that no unauthorized people in your house can gain access to your firearms. Hmm. Have as to long own as at least 14 sheep. Well, depends if you have sex with them. Yeah. But if you have that, <laughs> meet those criteria, you're allowed to own a firearm. You have to really like kiwi birds. Yeah. Hmm. And that, but the, the number of firearms in New Zealand, I think it, they said that of like, like, just like what, like 1.3 million people in New Zealand or something. Mm-hmm. That there's only like 150,000 uh, licensed firearm holders in the country. Oh yeah. Did do you know? I don't. I don't know. And so I'm wondering if you, in your stumblings through the internet, looking at this stuff, do you know if this guy had his weapons the, legally uh, or illegally? It sounds like he had them legally, which people were looking at it because in order to own a military style weapon, we, military style weapon, like uh, an AR-15, like he used, mm-hmm. it's it's more stringent. But it sounded like he did have authorization to have it, which is why they're saying they want to uh, restrict it further, being like, well, this guy was legally able to get these guns and then do this. Like, we're obviously missing something here Mm. because it's, you know, there is a psychological evaluation side of it that goes on and it's all registered. So if he were found to be mentally incapable of owning a firearm, they would be able to go to his house and get him. So. There's that. Hmm. And it's probably a lot harder to get a firearm in New Zealand. It's not like saying, well, look at Chicago. It's like, yeah, they can go to Indiana. New Zealand's a fucking island. Hmm. It's probably pretty hard to leave the island, acquire a firearm, and then import it back into the island because they're going to, you have to go through customs and it'll probably be checked. It'll probably be found. So it's probably a lot harder to get a firearm into New Zealand as it is in any town in the U.S. that has restrictive gun laws. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody's checking your trunk as you drive across the stra- uh, the state line yeah. or so, city boundary. So I just wonder if – I didn't see what New Zealand wants to do. I did see something today. I didn't read the article saying a lot of people are voluntarily handing their weapons in in New Zealand now, basically mm-hmm. saying, I don't want my guns anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they weren't calling for a uh, – not like a buyback, but like a – Or a government – or a turn-in. A turn-in. They weren't calling for a turn-in, but people were voluntarily – coming in and being like, yeah, I want to relinquish my weapons. Probably probably people are like, I don't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want these to fall in the wrong hands. Take them. So. I'm not, I'm not worried about having to overthrow the New Zealand government yeah. with my weapons. Yeah. Like, I don't think. This ain't America. I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But it looked like New Zealand is, is looking at doing a lot harsher gun laws in the country now, even though they're, they are fairly restrictive, but the, some of the, a lot of the restrictions they have, I believe are, they should be around. You should have to have mm. a safe, have your guns locked up in a secure place. You should have to go through a safety class and prove you know how to use the weapon. They should have to be registered. And if anything happens that you are found unworthy of being able to own a firearm, they should be able to come take them from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that we could do here in the U.S. that we just can't seem to get the political will to do. Yeah, 
And that's why when people go, well, it's our second amendment, right? You can't take that away from me. Like, well, you can actually get a lot of your rights taken away from you if you fuck up. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't fly. Mm -hmm. Your second amendment isn't the only amendment they just can't fucking touch. Mm -hmm. Also, also it's, it's, we've talked about this before, but the interpretation, the current interpretation of the second amendment is as pro right wing as you can get for interpretation of that. mm -hmm. And that's thanks to the NRA. Yeah, in large part, but well, actually, I mean, if you look in the history in SCOTUS, of it, because yeah. it had been fought several times in SCOTUS, and SCOTUS they kept shooting it down, like, nope, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that. Finally, the NRA comes around, they pumped a shitload of money into politics and the political parties, and as soon as they started pumping millions of dollars into politics, ah, oh, once you know, it swayed their way. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. So the NRA is responsible for it, but the point is that. In a, a more li- like progressive slash liberal left interpretation, you could say only a militia. We're going to define the militia as the military can own guns. So yeah, we fucking can take them from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the way. And still keep the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. That's the way it kind of had been interpreted for long. Like it wasn't. I guess I don't think it's really enforced very well because it's like no, you can still own a firearm. You just can't walk around with it all fucking willy nilly. You can still use it for hunting and sports shooting and all that kind of stuff. And there were still mass shootings and mass murders and shit. Even though we like to think there wasn't back in the good old days. Well, and there are already restrictions on the types of weapons that you yeah, can own. Exactly. Right? I mean, you can't you can't have a rocket launcher. You can't nope. have a thermonuclear weapon, weapon in your home. You yeah. can't have grenades. You can't like there are all kinds of fucking things that you can't as an have. ordinary citizen have. Yeah. And now you got the people that are so the bump stock. Mm-hmm. Is being made illegal. So if you have one, you're supposed to turn it in or destroy it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna follow the law on that. No, but they're fighting it right now, saying it's my Second Amendment right. But it's like, no, you don't have a right to a, a device that goes on the firearm. That's not. That's not how this works. Well, what's mm. next? They're gonna take away our triggers. <laughs> well, I, I guess they can if they wanted to. Saying your gun can't have a trigger on, you got to be able to fucking <laughs> hold a pin and fucking hit it with a hammer or something. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of the a lot of the debates I get in with people around the the gun issue are just ridiculous. They're where they straw man every position. They, you know, use hyperbole like it's going out of style. It just and it's for a lot of people that I have these discussions with. It's almost pointless to have a discussion with them. Yeah. Because they're so closed to hearing anything that doesn't fit what they want to believe yeah mm-hmm. it, it's like having a religious debate with it somebody. is <laughs> that's that's what it is it is yeah, yeah. they worship guns yeah yeah i have to have my killing machine and i'll admit i i i used to enjoy going out shooting all the time yeah target you, shooting you don't anymore i haven't done it in like five years hmm. uh it got too expensive yeah when the whole after sandy hook the price of ammunition went up so much i'm like I mean, cause I would go out, we would go out, we might shoot 500 rounds and now it's like, wow, we used to spend like a hundred like, bucks. It's like $2,000. <laughs> now it is. And then, but yeah, now it's like, yeah, that's fucking way too expensive now where I used yeah, to be able to, good. you know, it was 25 cents around. Now it's a buck around, but we would go out and we would, I would, you know, we'd do like long range shooting and stuff. It was more of, Hey, I want to learn how to do this skill. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've had a lot of fun shooting guns in the past and everything too, but I haven't gone shooting in it's probably been a decade now. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh well we have other stories to talk about tonight, so let's do that. Okay. 
Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Back in the 1600s, Princess Elizabeth of Bohemia carried on a correspondence with Rene Descartes, who was trying to defend mind-body dualism. And Elizabeth demands, no, how could something immaterial like the soul affect something material like the brain or the body? Descartes was never able to answer that question, and these days, science has gone way beyond that. We know a lot more about what is happening. We can literally see memories being formed. We can see the chemical changes in neurons. So the soul is supposed to also have memories. How do the memories get from the neurons to the soul? We know that brains often have false memories in them. Do the, does the soul in the afterlife carry those false memories, or are they somehow corrected after death? Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. All right, Matt, what did you bring for us this week? Cookies? Mm, I like cookies. Yeah, me too. I did not bring cookies. Come to the dark side, we have cookies. (laughs) I can bring cookies next week. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) They're going to be chicken cookies, though. (laughs) Gross. Aren't those chicken nuggets? Uh, Sort of. Like when 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 I cook up a bunch of burgers and stuff, I'll usually just eat a, a patty, and it's my meat cookie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just regular, like chocolate chick cookies. Chocolate chick cookies. <laughs> uh, you guys don't eat those? Mm. No. Not like an American classic? No. Not that I'm aware of. Buffalo chocolate chick. Mmm. <laughs> 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 Yummy. Uh. <laughs> a high school student in Kentucky is suing the Northern Kentucky Health Department and other state health department officials after an outbreak of chicken pox at his private school led to his removal from the school's basketball team. Let me guess. He was the only one not vaccinated. Jerome Kunkel. Ooh, I'm, I'm eight, sorry. An 18, <laughs> 18 year old senior at Assumption Academy in Walton, Kentucky filed the lawsuit against the health department on Thursday in Boone County. The suit alleges the department violated Kunkel's freedom of religion and other rights after the health department implemented a three-week ban for unvaccinated students to attend classes at Assumption Academy and neighboring Our Lady of Assumption Academy. How I so Our Lady of Assumption? That that, that just sounds weird. Sounds like what are you assuming? (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, So he goes to a religious school and he's Mm -hmm. saying now his religious rights are being violated by the state. By the state, yeah. yeah. Is this a private religious both, school? Both schools are private Catholic institutions. But huh. I think the state can still step in when there's an actual, like, safety and health issue going on. Oh, Which it, yeah, that's like what's happening. This. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the school's got no option but to follow those standards or mm. else they could probably be shut down. Yeah, the ban was implemented on March 14th, according to a statement from the Northern Kentucky Health Department. The schools have been fighting chickenpox since the outbreak began in February, with 32 cases impacting just over 100 students attending Our Lady of Assumption Academy. Jesus. Sorry, that name is just fucked a up. Third oh, yeah, of the, a third of the school has uh, chickenpox? Yeah. In an effort to contain the illness, the health department required, quote, all students with without proof of vaccination or proof of immunity against chickenpox will not be allowed to attend school until 21 days after the onset of rash for the last ill student or staff member. Yeah. Close quote. Makes sense. Yeah. The ban also extended to all school events or extracurricular activities involving other schools or the public. Perfectly reasonable. Yeah. In addition, quote, all schools, all school events and, and, 
extracurricular activities involving <laughs> other schools or the public have been canceled until three weeks after the last student or staff member experiences symptoms. I mean, uh, it's, it's the definition of a quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. These events would include any instances where students from Our Lady of the Sacred Heart Assumption Academy <laughs> are going into other schools, public areas, and or public other schools are coming in are coming to Our Lady of the Sacred Heart Assumption Academy. Say that again. So anywhere <laughs> there's anywhere there's students moving back and forth yeah, through the public yeah. or from school to school. They're no, no go. Events include, but are not limited to, sporting events, which is why it's relevant here, but also includes fairs, festivals, music, and other events. Nothing seems too weird about that to Mm-mm. me. I mean, it seems like they're following basic... That sounds like a public health safety concern. Yeah, Medi- me- yeah but medical science, what medical science would dictate about how to handle something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what did God's science say to do? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem. It's a conflict between what we know is true and the stuff they want to be true. According to Kunkel, no students or staff at Assumption Academy have been diagnosed with chickenpox. What? So, he's just a liar. Uh, according to Cincinnati.com, Kunkel, a member of the Assumption Academy basketball team, was told he could no longer play sports since he's not he has not been vaccinated for chickenpox. Quote, the fact that I can't finish my senior year in basketball, like our last couple of games, it's pretty devastating. I mean, you go through four years of high school playing basketball. You look forward to your senior year. Close quote. Kunkel has not been vaccinated due to the relig- religious beliefs he and his family hold. Uh, among yeah. other fundamental and deeply held religious beliefs of Mr. Kunkel and the beliefs of his family is that the use of any vaccine that is derived from aborted fetal cells is yeah. immoral, illegal, and sinful. The suit reads. What are are there any vaccines that are derived from aborted fetal cells? I don't think so. No. Well, they, they explain you... this, and it gets even worse than just that. Oh, okay. Um, but how interesting would it be that in you know another few years that all anti-vaxxers are right wingers because of this nonsense? <laughs> Though current vaccines for chickenpox do not utilize fetal cells, the initial vaccination created in the '60s along with several other vaccines, were developed using aborted fetus cells. Hmm. Like stem cells? No, aborted fetus aborted cells. Fetus yeah, cells. but I mean, were they taking, like, creating stem cells from them, too? Right. <laughs> Bill Kunkel, Jerome Kunkel's father, said he tried to talk to the Northern Kentucky Health Department before the lawsuit was filed, but that the department would not budge. Of course they fucking won't, because yeah. this is a health problem. Yeah. Not a spirit problem. It's terrible that they can do this in a free country, Bill Kunkel said. (laughs) (laughs) But see, he doesn't seem to get that, like, your freedom stops where it starts harming other people. Yeah, what about the freedom of all those other people? Who don't want to have the fucking chicken pox. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, what about my freedom to burn your house down? Right, exactly. I have the freedom to matches. Yeah. Kunkel's lawsuit also states that an official with the health department displayed religious animus toward the family. Writing in an email. Uh, and I want everybody, but especially you two, to listen for the religious animus. Help me pick it out of the okay. okay. I'm, I'm Ears are open. All right. Without definitive evidence of immunity, a person could be a source of potential exposure, even if they are currently healthy. It's impossible to know how anyone will react to chickenpox. Therefore, we must act with an abundance of caution. Is that, that's Is that it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't end. There, there PS was no fuck God. There was no mention of religion at all. At all, or 
even well, but, supernatural beliefs. Well, but what about the animus, though? <laughs> wasn't that the wasn't that the well, name of the machine it? inside of uh uh where the guy i can't remember assassin's creed it was the animus oh, machine yes it was i think <laughs> or something similar yeah huh. i didn't i didn't see one of those machines in that um i think i think he's grasping at straws as he's falling well, off the cliff there is one more paragraph from the health department okay uh, maybe it's okay. in there this okay. will wrap yeah. it up yeah and... it's got to be in this one mm-hmm. we're aware of the lawsuit filed by jerome kunkel and want to st- and want to state that the actions taken by the health department with respect to assumption academy were oh you mentioned mentioned, Ooh, you mentioned religion religion academy mm-hmm. with respect to Asun- uh, assumption academy were done consistent with this agency's statutory charge to protect the public health the recent actions, uh, the recent actions taken by the Northern Kentucky Health Department regarding the chickenpox outbreak at Our Lady of the Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart Assumption Academy, was in direct response to a public health threat. That was an appropriate and necessary response to prevent further spread of this contagious illness. I, I didn't see any animus. Did you hear any? I didn't hear any either. Well, you know, following their charge to, what was it? I, I believe the quote was, protect the public health. Ooh, yeah, we don't protect We're, we're charged with protecting the public health. Yes. And apparently they're not using Jesus to do that. And we're so, do, that were done or con- oils. consistent with this agency's statutory charge to protect the public health. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not, instead of praying... They're doing something. Oh, yeah. So clearly there's religious animus there. Boom. Mm-hmm. Found I'm, it. Mm-hmm. Found it. I'm I'm wondering if the two schools had had interactions recently. Like if they both go to the same like maybe they play, church. Maybe they were they playing a basketball game against basketball each other. Basketball game. Well, because it's the whole school. It's not just the basketball team. So it's all the students. So there had been some way that both maybe, maybe both schools were at the same event at yeah, something. Yeah. And there were carriers from this school that were interacting with students from the other school are like hey there's a possibility that there's carriers at your school and if you haven't been vaccinated it's highly likely that you can carry it and get someone else sick so you go the fuck home mm-hmm. yeah makes sense well and correct me if i'm wrong but i think with chicken pox it's something that you can even carry like you can be you can carry and not exhibit yeah, yeah you can yeah. be asymptomatic yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why they want to do what was they said three weeks from the last outbreak. So maybe there's from the like last a, symptom reported. Maybe by you're only here, yeah. asymptomatic for three weeks as a carrier. Then it kind of I don't know if it, that's how long it can survive in your body. Or yeah, something. maybe that's why they did the three weeks for it. So hmm. yeah, I, I don't hear anything that seems unreasonable in that at all. I mean, no, I didn't either. I, I mean, mean you know, they the the people on the right talk about how the left is always offended and all you know oversensitive oh, and yeah. snowflakes and everything. What I mean. What do you call this kind of thing? Where you? What are you picking out about when you talk about guns or religion needs to be, you know, knocked back out of society a little bit or anything? They freak the fuck out yeah. on oh, the right yeah. wing, yeah. like that—that that the sky is falling because they want to take religion out of everything. Like this is a good example of where they're picking it out of fucking nowhere mm-hmm. yeah. to to, well, and they're filing an actual lawsuit, lawsuit, not just like why, you know. And another thing, why don't you just? Pray and say, hey, they're picking on me, God. Take care of this. Mm-hmm. Why are you filing a lawsuit? Yeah, this wasn't just a letter to the editor or anything. This was, okay, well, God's not helping me, so I've got to help myself here. Right. It's it's kind of also like, you know, the whole snowflake thing, but the safe place thing. 
because I saw a clip with Van Jones at uh, the CPAC mm. where a lady's basically screaming at him to get out, the, get out of there. He doesn't belong there. He's this CNN, is my safe space. That's what I put in my head. I'm like, like, why don't you want him there? Is, is this your safe space where you can where you can talk about your Republican stuff? You don't want a Democrat inner coming into your safe space? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Um. Speaking of the right wing, Louisiana sucks. Sure. For a number of reasons, but uh, taxpayers in Louisiana could be joining the many Americans who are unhappy about smaller tax refunds this year. Mm. State of Louisiana is trying to recoup tax funds that were accidentally paid twice to Uh, 66,000 people last week. That's a lot. On Wednesday, March 13th, the computer error reportedly caused the system to distribute double refund payments that amounted to approximately $26 million. Oh. Jacques Berry, the spokesman for the state's Depart- uh, Division of Administration, uh, said that the problem was fixed by Thursday and that the state is continuing to work on recovering the money. Most of the money was distributed through direct deposit and is easy- easily recoverable. Um, uh, but they urged... Uh, those who received a higher refund than they should have to not spend the money. We're just going to reach into your bank and take that money back yeah, out. Yeah, we're just going to take it right back out. I'm guessing someone was double-clicking instead of single-clicking on something. We put that damn money in your bank, and now we're going to pull that money back out. <laughs> but to do that 66,000 times? <laughs> wow. They run them in patches. Yeah. <laughs> eh, that 100 is good. Da-da. Those are good. Da-da. Well, I mean, really, if you, I mean, it, did it, did it make, so it made double payments, right? So you, yeah. you as the person receiving it would see, oh, well, I got my refund back. Oh, and then I got another refund, refund for the same amount. Yeah, well, unless yeah. it was all done at the same time, like instead of like, oh, I was supposed to get 600, but look, I got $1,200. Well, wow, any, nice. I mean, you would, you would think that yeah. anybody with a, with a lick of common sense would say, well, they're going to figure this out. Like, I shouldn't spend this extra money yeah. that I've gotten. I, like, I know how much I'm going to be getting in my, state tax return so i know that this is a mistake clearly it's not going to stay there forever i should make sure to not use those funds but two things we're talking about louisiana so are they (laughs) are they smart and and know what they're supposed to be getting back and then uh mardi gras don't come early yeah and and also you're talking about a state that largely believes taxes theft anyway Mm -hmm. you know well, so, or I, I don't know. As I learned, when you make a small little error, uh, you get the letter in the mail saying you don't owe nine hundred dollars in taxes. You owe nineteen hundred dollars in taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Fat Tuesday gonna be hella good on this <laughs> year. You know. Telling you, mail. Yeah, so I got that letter in the mail saying I owe a thousand dollars more than I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yay! Oh, I didn't know you were slipping in an actual fact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a letter in the mail from the IRS saying, well, hey, by the way, you miscalculated this, so you don't owe 900 you owe 1900 Yeah, Damn it, oh. did they have you do anything with percentages on there? No. <laughs> oh, I see. It was, uh, I got uh, the the amount of payments I had made to that first-time homebuyer thing incorrect, and I went back and looked, and I'm like, oh, yep, I did put the wrong number in there. Uh, uh, that was going to be my next question, is how did you fuck that up? Because I, Trump I, is giving everyone a ton of money back. Yeah, no. <laughs> I put in what I had paid off already when I was supposed to put on what I need to pay off yet, oh. which was a thousand dollar difference. Okay. Hmm. That's definitely a Wisconsin thing. The yeah. yet. Yeah. The yet. I've noticed, I've noticed just in conversing with you and hearing other people from Wisconsin and I think maybe Michigan too, 
they use they use yet like at the end of a sentence okay yeah like um now pay attention to what i say like (laughs) and it's just a regional thing that i've that i've noticed Uh, like me at the end like like, well i was gonna do this but you know what not yet no that's not quite it yeah no like um instead of like the word still like yeah we have to do that yet yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 i agree i say that yeah I I don't think I ever really use the word still, hmm. unless you're talking about whiskey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or I've being, raked, I've raked being the side, still. but I got to do the back yet. Yeah. yeah, 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 that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've I've noticed. My dad that. says that. Oh, does he? Sometimes, yeah. Well, and he just moved here from Michigan, right? Minnesota. Minnesota. But he was raised in Massachusetts. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Oh. Okay. Oh. What do you got then? This one's. Uh, <laughs> Should be able to pick this apart. A you got more bit. stories yet? I do. I have, <laughs> I have many more stories yet, so we'll move on. Uh, it's long been assumed that religious belief and participation contributes to overall happiness. Now there are some statistics confirming that. Confirming that religion leads to happiness? Mm-hmm. Oh. The Pew Research Center has released a survey that found globally... Those active in congregations, quote, tend to be happier and more civilly engaged than either religiously unaffiliated adults or inactive members of religious groups. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of already problematic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why do you think so? Well, I think so because a lot of the people who aren't active in a religion don't have that same ne- that same network of social support, right? They're not they're not out in their community and and communing with others to help them do anything that's right. going on really to be civilly engaged. Right. And all yeah. That. yeah. Yep. Uh, the Pew survey covered more than 2,400, <laughs> more than 24 nations, including the U S uh, religiously affiliated people in Mexico led the way with 71% of them describing themselves as very happy. Okay. In Colombia, 58% of actively religious people said they are happy. And the other thirty percent want to come to America. <laughs> it's an invasion of the rapists. Yeah. The other thing I'm not sure about is if if anyone was asked beforehand that they were going to be talking about whether religious people are more happy or not, and then mm. said, "How happy are you? Are you religious?" Mm. Because that's sort of, or is it? The, yeah, is it, is it the religion that makes you happy? Or are you just that's sort of priming it? But then if you don't ask anything, you just say, "How religious are you? Are you, how would you rate your happiness?" Mm-hmm. Then you don't know why they're happy. Yeah, those are unrelated. So yeah, well, in a lot of the studies, it depends on how the how the question was phrased to yeah. everybody, and in, in and in what order it was phrased, what yeah. preceded it, what yeah. followed it. Yeah. So, because you're right, it can, you know, different, different questions that you're asked can prime you toward one thing or another. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the United States, 36% of actively religious people said they're very happy. Well, that's which is really interesting. Yeah. Because what are the rest of them doing at church? Adderall. <laughs> Wishing they weren't there. And that's why they're really unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, compared to 25%. Uh, each for the inactive and affiliated, unaffiliated, according to Pew. So in the U.S., it, the unaffiliated are actually happier than the religious. Um, no. What What was the number for in the U.S. for the thirty six of oh, actively 36. religious, oh, okay. and then twenty five okay. each for inactive and unaffiliated. So that's fifty. Only in Ecuador, <laughs> only in Ecuador, South Africa, Hong Kong, and Slovenia, 
did either inactive or unaffiliated people report higher levels of happiness than those active in their faith, which totally ruins the entire study right there. If Yeah, well, if and they're I, trying to show that religious faith equates to a happiness, then they show four solid examples of, of countries when that that's religious. completely flipped on its head. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're in countries where religion isn't a major driver in those countries. Like yeah. China's not a very religious country to begin right. with. China's so. not on here. What was it? I thought you said China. Uh, Ecuador, South Africa, Hong Kong, and Slovenia. Oh, well, Hong Kong. Oh, you're racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's right in the middle. They're the ones that named it Hong Kong, for God's sake, right? <laughs> That's racist itself, it seems like. I mean, it's an island by China. Well, it, and, yeah. it, and it strikes me, too, as you're, as you're going through this and, and listing the different numbers and, you know, the, the non-affiliated or non-religious people aren't as happy. How much of that unhappiness stems from being surrounded by a bunch of people who believe in fucking nonsense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And and feeling like you are alone in Right, that. right. I know here in Utah, that can be really, really difficult for people, even if they were formerly religious and then, and then leave, right? They leave behind a ton of stuff. Yeah. And then even yeah. people who were never religious struggle here in Utah because of the one predominant mm -hmm. faith that is in your face every fucking day, everywhere you go. Yeah. You can't just live your life normally without that constant drum beating. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, so this is, so, you know, totally useless paper. I brought. Well, it's like, well, and so, well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Ryan, I was just going to say, you know, the, the religious people may be happy because they have that sense of community and, and, and sense of civil engagement and the people who aren't religious aren't, involved in any of that and then they're ostracized by the religious yeah. people so i mean you could flip you could flip the whole premise on its head and say you know out of out of all of these people who don't believe this number of them are unhappy and religion could be the cause of that right right That's even right. one of the guys i was working with uh not last week but the week before uh was from montana mm -hmm. and he was lds but he's Montana LDS. Mm -hmm. So he was saying, he goes, I cannot stand Mormons in Utah. <laughs> he's like, I cannot stand them. He's like, he's like, they, they think there's something special in their, they're taught that they are and mm -hmm. they're, but, but he was also going into being like, like the way they treat other people is horrible. So for him, like if he had to come and live here in Utah and be around that kind of religious side of it, he might not be as happy as he was yeah. with his religion in Montana because it's a totally different community of religion depending on where you're located at and what you grew up with. Mm -hmm. So he yeah. got, he got taught one kind of Mormonism and, and I've heard other people say it. I think we've said it. It's a special kind of Mormonism here in Utah. They're extra Mormony. Oh yeah. Well, and whenever we've had somebody in here who moved to Utah from out, from out of state or yeah. was a Mormon outside of Utah and came here. Shit. Even when we had Sean McCraney sitting in here, yeah. you know, who now he's, would you say he's an evangelical ish? Not really um, evangelical. Well, we, we had him in here for two hours trying to describe what it was. Yeah. So. It's really, his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's his own thing, but he was LDS outside of Utah and, yeah. and came to Utah and was like, no, yeah, Mormons here are, are fucking weird, different yeah, than yeah, Mormons yeah. other places. And I think a lot of that comes from the privilege that they've had and have held here for so yeah. long mm -hmm. that just, just saying you're a Mormon in this state opens a whole lot of doors mm -hmm. for you yep. and leads people to think that, well, you must be a good person then because you're LDS and that's 
Of course, not, not how true. things really work, but we hear that all the time. Oh, he's a good X brand of religion person. You know, yeah. Oh, he's a good Catholic person. He's yeah. a good Mormon. He's a good whatever. As if believing in some supernatural bullshit automatically conveys well, some special benefit of, oh, well, this, this grants you special access. You know, this unlocks an achievement for you to be a better person yeah. just because you believe in whatever fucking brand of nonsense you want to believe in. Like, I, I think I've mentioned it on here before that one of the guys I used to work with that was also a uh, sheriff mm -hmm. said when he would pull people over every once in a while, he would get their temple recommend card handed to him, <laughs> not the driver's license. Yeah. is And he would tell people like, no, I don't need to see that. I need to see your driver's license. They're like, whoa. Don't you need to see this too? It's like, no, motherfucker. Well, then how many cops are accepting that? That's a good question. Yeah. If, if people if think they gonna, can hand, yeah, if exactly. they, people think they can hand their, their temple recommend card over to the cop and the cop will let you off. Yeah. When he, when he had had it happen numerous times, how many LDS cops mm -hmm. were like, okay, be on your way. Oh, brother. Thanks, thanks elder so and so. Yeah. Yeah. This is Nick Fish, president of American Atheists. Uh, you can learn more about our work at www.atheists.org. Make sure to check out our national convention coming up Easter weekend in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. What does Christianity say? Ah, those laws can be suspended, and in your favor, too, if you make the right prayers and propitiations and sacrifices. There can be a virgin can conceive, a dead body can walk again, your leprosy can be cured, the blind can see. Nonsense! It's not moral to lie to children. It's not moral to lie to ignorant, uneducated people and to tell them that if they will only believe nonsense, they can be saved. It's immoral! Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, what else you got for us, Matt? Uh, according to new analysis, another, another one of these. Anal lysis? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say something similar. <laughs> I was trying to think of it. Um, religious charities benefiting from generous tax breaks are promoting beliefs and act and activities which run counter to British values and opinion. The hell you say. Yeah. Mm. It's been met with a collective no shit from everyone paying any attention. Uh, a report by the National Secular Society finds that more than 12,000 British charities now exist solely to promote religion and do nothing for public good. Oh, yeah. That's that's I thought. I thought that was obvious. Right. <laughs> uh, claims that some are using their positions to push controversial views, including several Christian ministries which promote gay conversion therapy. Fuck you. And those that promote uh, non-stun slaughter of animals for halal meat. It raises similar mm. questions about charities that promote Sharia courts and Beth Dins. Uh, Beth Dins? Uh, councils which rule on matters involving disputes in the Islamic and Jewish communities, respectively. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as they abide by it. Mm. Well, they're supposed to be charities, but they're only promoting yeah. these. Their own particular brand of religion. Yeah. Yeah, not even charity, just getting the breaks, but being a church or a mm -hmm. mosque or whatever. The society argues such activities can have a fragmentary effect on British society. Its chief executive officer, a man with most Britishy name, Stephen Evans, <laughs> has written to the chair of the Charity Commission, 
Never mind, this is the most Britishy name, Baroness Stowell. <laughs> <laughs> Calling for a rethink on whether such organizations should continue to qualify for charitable status. I don't think they should. Quote, not only has religion ceased to be the force for social cohesion that it once was, meh. The rise of religious fundamentalism has also demonstrated how religion can exacerbate tension, division, segregation, and conflict in Britain. Evans writes. Yeah, it's and I always I always have have I have this knee jerk reaction when I say, when I hear somebody say that religion is a uniting force. I'm like, Jesus, yeah. how many churches exist around here? Yeah. yeah. That they don't all teach the same fucking thing. They're not all united in these beliefs. No. Yeah. I mean, the church may have been uniting when it was next to a bar. Okay. <laughs> well, back in the olden days, mm-hmm. town center would have you. In the oldie days? The oldie days. You'd have your bar and your church would usually be right by each other <laughs> because it, has, uh, it was, churches usually weren't heated because they weren't used very much and they didn't usually put like a very good heating system inside when you had to burn wood. Mm. But the bar was always heated since there's a lot more people in the bar and it was your, <laughs> your town center. So they said that a and lot of times. they're more than one day a week. More than one day a week. Yeah. So the bar was usually well heated and well maintained. So usually after a really cold church service, everyone would move into the bar and have a few drinks and get warm in the bar. Huh. And the bar was usually part of the town center where they would come for meetings and everything else. So... Sounds like when, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time. I'm talking like like 1600s. Oh, okay. and didn't happen here in Utah. <laughs> no, no, it didn't happen here in Utah. No. Well, he's talking about like Europe and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Britain. But nowadays, N- now, well, nowadays they still got a lot of bars. <laughs> As such, we believe there, uh, we believe there is a clear need now to consider whether the advancement of religion should be regarded as an inherent public good deserving of this status of charitable purpose. Close quote. Uh, the report suggests many religious charities are politicized. It cites the examples of several whose members have been shown to promote extremist views. Charities cannot take their privileged place in society for granted, Evans said. They must show they deserve it. Too many faith-based charities are causing harm at the expense of the taxpayer. Tax breaks are allowing these organizations under the guise of charity to facilitate mm-hmm. harmful activities that do not align with British values and opinion. Nearly half of all UK overseas charities are faith-based, the report finds. Did you say nearly half or over half? Nearly half of all UK UK overseas charities. Around 30 are now supported by the government compared uh, Hmm. with only two a couple of years ago, which warns that some Christian charities have used poverty and humanitarian tragedies as a a means to evangelize the children, Mm -hmm. often in Muslim-majority countries. Mm -hmm. Advancing uh, religion is not an unqualified good, he said, Evans said. In some cases, it has no public benefit, and in others, it's actively harmful. Religious organizations that wish to be registered as charities should be required to demonstrate that they serve a genuine public benefit under another charitable heading. For those numbers I said were supported by the government, I actually, I wonder what they mean by supported by the government. I'm betting it's some sort of monetary support, yeah, but how much is it like, hey, we help keep your building running or it's ta- heat tax or... it's tax breaks i'm not sure to what extent well i don't know if it's well because i thought they all none of them pay taxes right because they still get they're still tax free in europe i remember when europe was or great britain was a uh, uh, church scientology when like 
Europe, Great Britain, oh, yeah. Australia, and a bunch of other places are saying you guys no longer qualify to be tax exempt in our country because we don't we're not qualifying you as a religion anymore. Mm. Okay, so you're wondering what why they would point out that around thirty are now supported by the government. Where they only used to have two. like yeah, what they're how they're being supported by the government. Yeah. Well, mm. I mean, it's like here in the U.S. they've got that whole faith based initiatives bullshit going on where. You know, you can, as a religion or as a religious organization or entity, you get you get extra tax breaks or special funding from the government if you're participating in different acts of civil engagement, right? If yeah. you're if you're out in the community helping build community, doing whatever. Um, that's if they're actually and that's doing it. Yeah, that's supposed to be how it works. Yeah, and of course. Well, that's taken advantage of a lot. Wasn't there? There's a story I thought we covered a while back where a congregation was trying to sue the government because they weren't given access to like FEMA money to rebuild their church after uh, a hurricane or a tornado. Wasn't or that something. Joel Osteen? No, no, it no, was. I can't remember what that one was, but but there the government was arguing that you don't pay tax dollars and FEMA is paid for by tax dollars, so that's who gets to. Yeah, yeah, that you. I mean. Natural disasters and shit happen, but you should have had insurance as, as part of this whole deal of you getting tax breaks. Like you haven't paid into this pot of money yeah. to be able to take money out of it if something happens. And I thought for you some reason you shouldn't get to double dip like that. You shouldn't be both indemnified from paying taxes in the first place, but then being able to, to reap, reap the benefits, the benefits yeah. of having taxes collected from other people. But, it's yeah. not surprising that they expect it, that they think that they oh no, they yeah. or they, they deserve it. I don't it. think they understand. That situation, that that agreement. I don't think they realize that being tax exempt means you forego these services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. I, I don't think they do because yeah, they. I think they were looking to file a lawsuit against. I, yeah, I thought I, I, don't, I don't remember if we ever followed up on that one, but I remember we talked about that once where someone was trying yeah. to file a lawsuit to get FEMA money to help rebuild their church. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. I just I just figured Great Britain had something. I thought they were pretty similar to the way we do stuff like that, where it's like, no, you don't you don't get government money. Sorry. Hopefully, yeah, and I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough. Uh, I brought an example of intelligent design. Oh, a man in Denmark has finally got relief from years of an unexplained blocked nose when doctors discovered a tooth inside his nostril. Oh, I was going to say, please say jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> doctors were shocked. To find the rare condition in a 59-year-old who'd been complaining of nasal congestion problems, uh, discharge, and a loss of his sense of smell for two years. He suffered facial trauma when he was young, which left him with a fracture to his jaw and nose, but doctors said there was no evidence to suggest repositioning follow, following the incident was connected to the nasal growth con uh, condition. Dr. Milos Fugelsang wrote in B BMJ case reports, our patient most likely had the intranasal retained tooth most of his life, but had late onset of symptoms. That's – if you just look up on the internet, it's weird where people get human teeth popping up on their body. Oh, yeah. So did – I mean, so it almost sounded like he had some kind of injury that fucked up his jaw and whatever, like that maybe dislodged a tooth. They it, said, it, they said well, it wouldn't have been – it probably wasn't connected. Even though he had that injury, like, really, like you, like people get teeth growing in weird spots. It's fucking weird where teeth just show up on human bodies sometimes. Really? Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it could have been under, like it would have been underneath because your teeth yeah, come way through your bones. Yeah. So it was way yeah. up high, and that fracture just allowed it that crack to grow through. 
It said the like fracture it, wasn't well. Well, say, it well was, the fracture, but, the fracture would, would I mean it was still there. Like it would have been there no matter what, but the fracture kind of gave it like, hey, look, I got an opening now. Maybe, I don't know. But that's fucking weird. I know I mean I, I've known people with supernumerary teeth where they just have mm, more extra teeth. Yeah. And have had to have them removed and stuff. But there was the, yeah. well, there's a crazy video. I thought the thing was fake when I first saw it. Uh, but it turned out it was fucking real where I learned about this condition. Or the it was a guy in India that had like five rows of teeth. What? Like his the top of his palate uh-huh. was all teeth, and they weren't like normal sized teeth. They're like little nubby teeth coming through on the top of his palate, like oh. on the the roof of his mouth. Yeah, or? yeah, like the roof of his mouth was just all. But they're teeth. not like all neatly rowed. No, they're like, not they're neatly rowed, and they're not. And... They don't look like a normal tooth. They're like little, like yeah, little nubby things. It's all fucking yeah. coming through. Ew. Yeah, teeth, teeth. <laughs> Teeth grow. <laughs> he just uses like a fucking like a dish brush. <laughs> Opens his mouth. Well, it's, it's, you just get a fucked up little splice in your genetic code when you're in the womb and boom, you got teeth growing out your asshole. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that that was clearly a sign of intelligent design. Yeah. 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 You have to have a tooth grow through your fucking nose <laughs> on the inside so you can't breathe. Fuck that. Oh, this is interesting. It better be. Okay. I want to be interested. (laughs) (laughs) Scientists have discovered that zebra's distinctive coats help them keep off the insects that try to feast on them and carry deadly diseases. I never heard of that one before. Researchers put striped coats on horses to see how many insects landed on them and compared the results with horses covered in plain single-colored coats. Oh, fuck. They filmed the horse flies as they... (laughs) This to me, like, we're just going to have people start painting fucking horses like zebras all over the fucking place now. Oh, dude. Did you did you see that? Uh, the people had the donkey they were trying to pawn off as a, a zebra? I yeah, saw the, that. at the zoo in yeah. Egypt. Yeah. And they just yeah. painted the donkey they painted white painted a donkey. With, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously painted it. <laughs> and it was so obviously a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> Just slapped the body out. structure is completely different. On the two I didn't animals. see anything about that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Uh, they filmed the horse flies as they tried to prey on captive zebras and horses kept on a domestic farm in Somerset and found that the insects approached the animals at similar rates. But once they began to circle them, the flies managed to land on zebras less than a quarter as often as they did on the horses. Tim Caro led the lead author of the report said on the approach, the flies fail to decelerate properly. And so f- fly past them or literally bump, uh, off the zebras. Hmm. University of Bristol biologist and study co-author Martin Howe said stripes may dazzle flies once they get, uh, close. Once they get close enough to see them with their low resolution eyes, yeah. much like how pilots can become dazzled by the sun. Yeah. See, and I thought that was, I- that was more for predators all the time. I always thought the reason why zebras had stripes was when they stand in a pack, the lions can't pick out and differentiate them. They kind of all blend together and look like a big blob. It has multiple benefits, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never heard of the fly one before. <laughs> See, that was, you, no, you, that's cool. You always get the question, why do zebras have stripes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Nobody knows. Well, that's some, that's some. This is an example of good design. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> most uh, most biologists involved with research on mammal coloration accept that this is the reason the zebras have stripes. So there's that. Zebras are highly susceptible to a variety of fatal diseases, including uh, including trypanosome. 
Myosis. You know why they're so susceptible to those diseases? Because they got fucking stripes and they haven't been getting bit for generations to build up an immunity towards it. Well, horses are too. Oh. These well, are, that sucks. These are equine diseases. Oh, I thought I, I thought you just said zebra. Yeah, the zebras are highly susceptible to equine diseases. Okay. Because they're kind of equine. (laughs) They definitely are. (laughs) I think, yeah, they're probably the same lineage. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Their short-haired coats also make them very vulnerable to insect attacks, as flies can more easily find blood vessels with their piercing mouth parts. Ooh, that sounds sexy. Close cousins to horses and donkeys, the world's three zebra species known for their black and white striped bodies roam Africa's savannas eating variety of grasses. The striped patterns vary among individuals with no two alike. Now, here's the thing I'm going to be the asshole about. I didn't know there's three species of zebras. I actually didn't either. I didn't. I, really, I thought yeah, it was a single that, was like, thing. It's like, was, there's three species? <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, well, I didn't know there were three different kinds of zebras. Did, did their stripes go different ways? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know one species of zebra from the next? It's just, a, you got the vertical zebra, you got the horizontal zebra, and the diagonal zebra. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the amount or spacing of the striping. Size. Yeah. Size, body yeah. size. Yeah. Or probably just the regions in which they originate. Yeah. Uh, that sure. could be. Probably yeah. just mainly genetic differences from Well, speciation occurs when they can't mate together, right? Yeah. So you have zebras who can't make other zebras. Yeah. The zebras. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this since this study took place in England, I should have read that as zebra the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you fucked up. Read it again. Well, it, but it only has one B, so it should be zebra, right? Zebra? If it was Z-E-B-B, then it would be uh, Zeb. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do think they say zebra, though. They do. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know why they say a lot of things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm skeptical about it. (laughs) (laughs) There are zebras. I think they say zebra in South Africa, even, where there actually are zebras. Well, because they were colonized by the assholes. Yeah. Uh, We'll have to check with Spike. (laughs) Yeah, he's been both places. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, this one might be a little tricky, but I'll try to get through it. Is it a tongue twister? Could be. Home Minister Muyadin Yassin oh. uh, said that the government will not take lightly any alleged attempts to insult religion and cause disharmony in the country. Oh, okay. Is there a time when you would take that lightly? Like... We're not gonna. We're not gonna stand for people murdering each other here. Oh no! I'll, like, read, I'll the... read that again. <laughs> yeah, it's... The government will not take lightly any alleged attempts to insult religion. Just religion. Insult. Oh, any alleged like, attempts to insult it. Your religion is fucking dumb and false. Any alleged. Well, uh, that's not alleged. I did it. I did to insult that. religion. So there's three levels, right? Cause yeah. Alleged you have religion and then insulting it, which is not a crime, should not be a crime. Right. Attempts to insult okay. it, which is not insulting it, but even trying. Yeah. And then, and then, and then allegedly doing it. Doing it. Wow. Someone, a little bit of hearsay. Someone saying he tried to insult religion. Burn or, the witches. Or yeah. I heard, I think That's why I, I said heard, Trump I think should I pay heard attention because this is actually how a witch hunt starts. Yeah. What, what country is this going on in? Um, is this uh, in the US? No, no. Malaysia, Indonesia, I think. Okay, I think it says it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Those who commit these heinous acts should be arrested according to provisions under the law, charged in court and punished if found guilty. Uh, Muyadin, uh, Muyadin, who described recent alleged attempts to insult Islam as a dangerous mm. trend, noted that it has also triggered outrage among Muslims. Well, that's kind of, I figured who would be outraged yeah, if you're yeah. insulting? Mm -hmm. uh, these Islam. attempts include messages which contained insults to Islam shared on social media. <gasps> Not MySpace. He was, re he was responding... Must space. He was responding <laughs> to two cases of alleged attempts to insult Islam, uh, which had gone viral last week, slamming the perpetrators as irresponsible parties. Uh, Muyidin, I do not know how to say that. I might say, be saying it differently every time. Hmm. Uh, said one such attempt was the placement of the statue of a statue of a deity, also known as Datuk Gong, at the entrance of a sarau. And is a Islamic Islamic assembly building is what oh, okay. in Port Klang on Wednesday. Uh, this is clearly an attempt to insult Islam and, dis and disrupt racial and religious harmony in the country. It was later discovered that the statue was purportedly stolen from a house located about 50 meters from the Sarau after the house owner lodged a police report over its disappearance. Police are currently investigating the case under Section 295 of the Penal Code for defiling a place of worship with intention to insult a, the religion. How can you insult a, reli a religion? Like, does your religion itself have feelings that it can be hurt? Uh, apparently. <laughs> Mohammed was crying. It's just a ridiculous premise. Yeah, and also the intention of doing so. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you don't you the how how can you ascribe an intention to that unless yeah. the person says, No, I meant to do yeah, this. Right. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I set out to do. Otherwise it's an assumed intention to insult. Right. Um they also highlighted highlighted the case of a man who had allegedly insulted the Prophet Muhammad on Facebook uh last week. The suspect in this case has been identified and investigations have been completed. By the police. And he no longer has a head. Oh, Muhammad, you mean that pedophile motherfucker? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Were you <laughs> intending to insult religion? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I oh, it was. To. All right. Come at me. Come at me, bros, from Malaysia or Indonesia or whatever mm -hmm. this was. Yeah. <laughs> Maladesia. On Tuesday, uh, Pahang police chief Maud Zakaria Ahmad said that, uh, said the 68-year-old man, 68-year-old man. He might be senile. Was picked up by a team of police officers at a his team. house in Mentakab and handed over to Batapahat Police, where the report against him was lodged for for a uh, for a Facebook comment. He drew, That's ridiculous. I guess it doesn't say in here where this is, but I think it's Indonesia. That is ridiculous that they can. Yeah, I mean, at what? Where would you draw the line at an alleged? attempt to insult a religion right well it's like the witch what trials. does that even mean yeah what, what 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 would be an analog to that like uh well so the, the, the witch trials where they're using their they allege that this person was summoning spirits so now we're gonna yeah. fucking kill your ass or or ryan should go to jail because he thought about tripping a leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest i have thought about it it does seem kind of fun <laughs> watch all the gold spill out like sonic's rings oh my uh... gold <laughs> yeah, that's racist they're after me <laughs> they're after me lucky charms is it really racist when leprechauns don't actually exist 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, what's the funny thing is like, if you, if you made like little fortune cookie cereals of some, somehow, like not like actual fortune cookies, but like if you decided, oh, instead of like. They are tasty. Oreo O's or whatever bullshit cereals they're Fortune making, O's. Yeah. If you just made it like fortune cookie and then, and then you put a, and then you put a Chinese character on the front that like was. Like a horrible Chinese as character. As stereotypical as the Lucky yeah. Charms guy. That would, yeah. that would be so fucking offensive. Yeah. For most people. <laughs> and hilarious for some others. But, well, yeah, since leprechauns don't so, exist, I guess. Oh, yeah, I suppose. R- right off of I-15 by Hillfield Road. Uh-huh. But Irish people do. There's a place called Ho-Hun, and it's got what looks like a stereotypical fucking, like, Chinese, like a bad, like, racist Chinese drawing on it. And I'm like, is this, am I looking at what I'm actually looking at? What's looking place? And I look the place up, I'm like, it's Mongolian. But it looks like a horribly God racist. Goddamn Mongolians! It looked like a horribly racist, like Chinese drawing with the squinty eyes and the smile. I'm like, what the fuck kind of billboard is for this for this fucking place? <laughs> Hohan. And I'm like, it's a Mongolian barbecue joint with a very racist looking character out front. Hohan? Yeah, Hohan. I'm trying to remember the name of the the actor who used to do really awful uh Chinese and Japanese impersonation i can't don something don don johnson no anyway it would but it was terrible and and so i'm picturing his his face and voice as you're describing yeah well like like the squinty eyes and the big teeth yeah yeah big big round glasses with thick lenses and buck teeth and oh are you thinking of the uh mickey rooney one from Yes. Yeah. Mickey Rooney's is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that. That is the one I think I was I was thinking of. Hmm. That's. Now I'm gonna look that up. You're oh, looking up the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. We'll take a break and be back. Okay. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You've agitated or angered one of the supposedly calmest people on the planet, Deepak Chopra. You, you, you ruffled his feathers. What did you do to get Deepak Chopra so angry? I just, I just tweeted some fact. <laughs> but I mean, I've interviewed Deepak Chopra many times, and his whole thing is always, "I do not get angry." I, if I'm in a, I've said to Deepak Chopra, "If you get cut off in traffic, are you ever angry at that guy?" No, I feel sorry that he is in pain spiritually. You're not buying it. He tweeted to me. I said something to him, joking about the origin of the universe or something, and he tweeted back saying, "I'm going to shove my cosmic consciousness up your ass." <laughs> <laughs> If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Did you find the, the the thing? What was it called? The restaurant? Yeah. It was... The, was it Ha Hut? Ha Hut. Ha Ha Hut? Who Hut? Who Hut? H-U... Who Hut? You Hut! Yeah. <laughs> And it's yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't look right. Yeah. It looks No, that sign was was Yeah. Not 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 great. Not yeah, it was kinda I, probably not the best idea. Yeah, so when I was driving on the road and I kinda look out my window, I'm like, what the fuck is <laughs> What the fuck is that? 
Like, everyone uh, here's white. That doesn't look correct. It's not very good. Like, whoever yes. designed that should get their ass kicked. It's not very good. It's very bad. There's probably a way better sign you can come up with for your Mongolian restaurant uh-huh. besides something that looks kind of racist. Uh-huh. Yeah. For sure. What, what else have you got for us, Matt? Um, violence is decreasing generally, except for one demographic. Religious. Mm. Religious violence is on the rise um, and undergoing a bit of a revival. The past decade has witnessed a sharp increase in violent sectarian tensions. According to Pew, in 2018, more than a quarter of the world's countries experienced a high incidence of hostilities motivated by religious hatred, mob violence related to religion, terrorism, and harassment of women for violating religious codes. Um, Which is a funny way to put it because... It seems like an impossibility. Well, I, I guess I don't know. The, I have trouble with the word violating there because, like, if 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 the individual isn't subscribing to, yeah, if they don't ascribe to those particular beliefs, how can they be violating something? Yeah, because religion they, has to be you. It's something you have to take on, right? You you can't just have it put on you. Mm-hmm. So if if they're not a part of that, they're not violating anything. It's just that the men are saying. You can't do that, or mm-hmm. you must do this, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, semantic thing there. No, yeah, but that. those things are all on the rise. The spike in religious violence is global and affects virtually every religious group. A 2018 minority rights group report indicates that mass killings and other atrocities are increasing in countries both affected and not affected by war. Wait, they're doing minority report shit? Yeah. Oh, no. I, like, I did like that movie. We yeah. are Tom cruising to the future. <laughs> uh, while bloody encounters were recorded in over 50 countries, most reported lethal incidents involving minorities um, were concentrated in Syria, Iraq, Nigeria, India, Myanmar, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. Hostilities against Muslims and Jews also increased across Europe, as did threats against hindus in more than 18 countries that's interesting yeah i wonder if that's connected to just people Be, mislabeling because they do as Muslims. look like muslim i would i could see that well and that, i mean that there's there aren't a, there isn't a very large hindu community here in the united states but i know hindus and muslims do not get along very well yeah is that true well yeah yeah i mean it's the same thing where that guy in wisconsin that shot at the sikh temple he shot it up because he thought they were Muslim. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole different thing then. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even Hindu. That's No, but Hindu and Sikh and all those religions. They Just kinda... all those brown Indian well, guys. Well, no, not, not the, <laughs> that way, but they're... Just those turban-wearing fuckers. <laughs> the way they dress is all similar, in which people have to, mistaken To Western them. eyes, I guess, yeah. Yeah, where mo- a lot of people probably can't... Like, I, we were talking about this at work the other day. Said, the guy's like, well, why the fuck do they wear that thing in their head? It's like, because they, they don't cut their hair. And that's where they wrap their hair up in it. That's what that thing on their head is for. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. You didn't know that? He's like, no. You know, there's Google for questions like (laughs) Like this, this. (laughs) dummy. (laughs) It's like, yeah, they don't believe in cutting their body hair. Yeah. So they let their hair grow. Yeah, their beard. beard. Yeah, and their beard. Yeah, their beard. Yeah, swept up into that along with the rest. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll pull their beard back and roll up in there where the thing's really down to their fucking knees. Yeah, all their back hair and stuff. They just run right up. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. I could almost braid my back hair. Probably. Oh no. No, it's not that bad. (laughs) Luckily, it's really, really light colored. (laughs) 
Uh, making matters worse, 55 of the world's 198 countries imposed heightened restrictions on religion, uh, especially Egypt, Russia, India, Indonesia, and Turkey. For millennia, every religious tradition has either fallen victim to or sanctioned violence. Mm-hmm. Consider uh, St. Augustine and St. Aquinas, who laid the foundation of the just war doctrine uh, in the cases of self-defense to prevent a tyrant from attacking and to punish guilty enemies. Christians, Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, and others have long invoked violence in the name of religion. In some cases, as when state and religion are intertwined, mass violence may arise. Unfortunately, the rise of sectarian violence is unlikely to go away. More than 84% of the world's population identify themselves with a religious group. Yeah, what a great uniting force that is, right? Yeah, now. yeah. We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> and how many names did I have to rattle off in a row just to cover the 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 top percentage of the of the uh, offending yeah. groups mm-hmm. that yeah. don't well, get along? Yeah, it's it's only a uniting force for people who who share that same belief, right? So it's not really uniting people well, as a whole. It's uniting it's uniting individual bands of different tribes. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not it's not bringing humanity together. It's creating tribalist cells. Mm-hmm. Well, even inside those tribes, they can't fucking agree with That's anything. That's true too. Yeah. yeah, those cells break up into smaller ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's. Uh, this is an older piece, but it's still interesting. It's uh, it's by Doctor Joseph Burgo. Burgo. Yeah. And it's from 2015, which is before any of this started, but it's still it's about Trump. Hmm. Uh, to describe Donald Trump as a narcissist has become cliche, even then. <laughs> in, in 2015? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which seems so far away, doesn't it? Oh, uh, man, yeah. Obama's last year? It was a, it was a lifetime ago. We, I feel like we were all such babies. <laughs> we were all just so young and naive. Yeah, I was, was going to go with the naive part. Yeah. 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 Uh, so widely accepted that the use of the label barely raises an eyebrow. When pundits or politicians like Carly Fiorina... <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> remark that Trump, thankfully, yeah. Remark that Trump is tapped into an underlying rage within the p- Republican base. They often want to distinguish his appeal to disaffected voters from his narcissistic personality to separate the man from his message. Trump talks truth to power. We often hear, which supposedly what? explains why so many voters disillusioned with their uh, party leaders admire him. Hmm. That's what I, I still don't get that when they're like. He's just being honest. Well, well, he's being honest or he's an outsider. It's like, no, he's been a con man his whole life. Yeah. And he's been a political contributor his whole fucking life. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that used to pay the politicians. Now he just is the fucking politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that he often comes across as an egomaniac is irrelevant to the message, almost beside the point. But Trump's narcissism actually constitutes a large part of his appeal to certain voters. I'm not referring to his over-the-top braggadocio. Uh, his unrelenting drive to trumpet his superiority. Narcissism means much more than having an inflated sense of self. Extreme narcissists, uh, like Donald Trump, rely on a character uh, a characteristic set of defense uh, defenses to evade painful truths about themselves and to shore up that inflated sense of self. Righteous indignation, blame, and contempt. For voters who may feel small and helpless in the ra- in the face of rapid change who are worried about their economic future and social standing, or frightened by a complex world beset by seemingly intractable problems, 
Trump models a simplistic way to vanquish self-doubt and defend oneself against existential anxiety. The rise of Donald Trump thus marks the fusion of populism and narcissism. In times of enormous demographic shift and economic uncertainty, populism exerts a strong appeal for the anxious voter. Populist messages rely on simplistic answers to complex problems and promotes the us-versus-them warfare mentality. Mm-hmm. Build the wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like Mr. Trump, populists engage in battle. Uh, populists engage in, engaged in battle have traditionally ridiculed their opposition, but in the narcissistic endeavor to prove himself a winner at the expense of all other losers, <laughs> Trump, repli- Trump relies on righteous in- indignation, blame, and contempt as weapons of war. And projection. Mm-hmm. Many disaffected voters are drawn to him precisely because of those traits and not in spite of them. When criticized or challenged, the extreme narcissist will experience it as a personal attack and retaliate in kind. So during the recent, not recent anymore, Republican presidential debate when Megyn Kelly drew attention to Trump's history of misogynistic remarks and raised a valid question, whether he could be a suitable leader for 53% of the electorate, he felt it was a personal assault. He launched into a self-righteous critique of political correctness in America. With blatant condescension, he then blamed Megyn Kelly for treating him unkindly. Then he in, then he insinuated that she that he might have to take off the gloves in response to her attack. During a subsequent CNN interview, the gloves did in fact come off when he appeared to ridicule uh, Kelly as a hormonal female whose questions were purely emotional and entirely off base. Yeah, her she had blood coming, coming out, out of her, her eyes, out of her. You know, you know what? Yeah. Uh, in response to the public furor following those remarks, Eric Erickson d- uh, disinvited Trump from the Red State Conference in Atlanta. Trump then mocked Erickson as weak and referred to him as a loser, his favorite put-down. With characteristic self-righteousness, Trump painted himself as a victim of political correctness in America. What Trump never gave us was a thoughtful response to Kelly's question. As personal traits, righteous indignation, blame, and contempt help the extreme narcissist to shore up an inflated sense of self and dispatch unconscious doubts as to his personal worth. When he enlists those traits in the service of a populist message, the extreme narcissist models for anxious voters a way to dispatch their own fears and uncertainties. Transform that sense of helplessness into indignation and then vent it in the Twitter sphere. (laughs) Blame our stupid politicians for the current mess that cling to simplistic answers and that vanquish doubt and complexity. Build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Mm-hmm. If anyone questions your positions, immediately attack them with contempt and mockery. While pundits on both sides swiftly derided Trump's performance during the first debate, many informal polls showed that ad- uh, admiration among his most vehement supporters remains strong. Critics may denounce his self-righteous victim stance, his propensity to blame others for his own mistakes, and to heap scorn and derision upon his detractors, but many people praise him for those very traits. To identify yourself as a Trump supporter, that is, to identify with the, with the man himself on some level, helps you feel like a winner when you may unconsciously fear that you're a loser, and it's this complicated world in danger of being displaced by illegal immigrants and country and countries whose wily leaders out negotiate our own at the trade table. 
Well, uh, I can't think of a single insult that he has ever used that I've thought, oh, that was witty or creative or it's always the lowest hanging, most obvious, ridiculous fruit, right? Like, and it's, it's schoolyard name calling. Yeah. And it's, it's just like it, all it is is bullying. And like I said, I've never once heard him utter a phrase or a nickname or, you know, a derogatory statement hurled at anybody that I thought, oh, that actually took some thought and like some, some wit, a bit of intelligence to say something where you're putting different things together. No, it's just, it's just surface level, yeah. completely shallow bullshit that well, anybody could say. Have you seen yeah. his renewed attack on uh Saturday night live and late night television hosts? Mm-mm. Apparently he thinks that they should be investigated by the FCC because of their collu- they're colluding with the Democrats to make him look bad. <laughs> I can't look bad all by myself. These people yeah. are pointing out all the ways in yeah. which I look bad. I mean, no, that's not what I meant to say. Yeah. And so really it's all about the uh, brain. Now, well, what's funny is he just learned a new word and then now he's turned around use and it. used it against somebody. Not many yeah. people know this. Did you know this word? It's called <laughs> collude. Apparently I did it once. <laughs> or twice. It's different than collide because it's spelled different. Yeah. Or so I'm told. Uh, so this says we don't, we don't yet know whether Trump's followers will continue to support him. They do. Mm-hmm. But for now, he continues to demonstrate the populist appeal of extreme narcissism as a method for coping with doubts about one's personal value and social status. Um, yeah. And the other thing, you know, about narcissists is that it's in the same family. And we've talked about this before, but it's in the same uh, family of mental illness as psychopath, psychopathy and sociopathy. So it's, you know, lack of empathy, you know, people are tools to get for them to use, to get what they want. Um, they have really no hesitation in using and casting aside. Um, no second thought given to what that person might have to deal with in the aftermath. None of that, none of that even crosses their mind. No. And so that's the last person you want to be president Well, and in even charge it, of anything. And even if it did cross their mind, ultimately they don't give a they fuck. Don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also in his in his tweets, he's been tweeting out his approval numbers, and they're saying, yeah, he he keeps inflating his approval numbers by ten points, just like he does with his income and his <laughs> yeah, his everything net worth else, and yeah, size yeah. of his hands, PS. But, but it's, it's it's like he doesn't realize we can look at the actual poll and see that you said it's fifty one percent, where it's actually forty one percent. But most of the people who listen to him don't do that and yeah. take everything he says as gospel. They're not looking anywhere. Else. No. They're not looking at other information sources. They're getting word direct. Directly from the mouth of the jackass. Yeah, that's and the most insightful thing that Trump has ever said was that when he said he could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot, and shoot somebody, somebody and no one, and, yeah. and it wouldn't change his poll numbers. That's true mm-hmm. because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's only his most diehard supporters. It's dogma. Yeah. yeah, whatever he does is right, no matter what. Yep. Yeah, he's he's like a cotton-headed Jesus. I just call him a fucktard. Yeah. Yeah, he's not good. Flippant, flagellant. One day he will not be president anymore. God, I know. It'll happen. But and it's just that that day can't come soon enough. Th- I, then then you'll probably get the people that were all like, Obama's going to make himself president for life. And people are going to be <laughs> like, we want 
Trump to be president for life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Look at all the gr- look at all the great stuff he's done for us. He's made this country great again. This is an interesting thing. It's a little bit lighter. All the other stuff I have is a little heavier. How heavy are they? I mean, they, they, that paper can't. Those, it looks like the same kind of paper. I, don't think, I think they're the same. Is weight. it your brother? Because if so, he's not heavy. <laughs> uh, these. This is a list of thirteen things a pastor should never say to a congregation. Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more than thirteen, but I'm excited to hear what the this 13 is from are. a pastor though. He's like uh, writing it to another one, you know, oh, like uh, writing it to to other pastors. Like here's some general rules that will help. I, you I, out. I thought it'd be like. Don't say I can't stand up right now when there's a bunch of altar boys standing near you these in front of the congregation. <laughs> these oh, are yeah, things yeah, yeah. that you should not say. In addition to obvious no-nos, such as profanity, heresy, racism, sexism. Wait, yeah, racism what? is a big How are yeah. those obvious no-nos? Like, we hear that yeah. shit from mm-hmm. pastors all or preachers the all the time. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, I'm thinking of quitting. I haven't decided. Pray for me. <laughs> Say that once and the congregation is stunned. Say it twice and the group will rise up and make it a reality. (laughs) (laughs) You're not sure? Well, we've made the decision for you. You're done. Uh, Number two, I'm no theologian. My pastor, who also teaches at seminary, puts this at the top of his list of irritating preacher comments. To the pastor who says this, he says, then shut up and sit down. Yeah, why the fuck are yeah, you leading any I, congregation? Uh-huh. Aren't you supposed to be a theologian? Yeah, that's yeah. that's it's it's the same shit we hear from politicians all the time, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not a scientist, but yeah, I yeah. can tell you the climate change is a big hoax. Yeah, yeah. I, I read an email. Yeah. from the guy from the Weather Channel. God told me to tell you <clears throat> is number three. If you say, but isn't that what they do? Like that's I, their I job. I know that's their job is to be a conduit, right? Yeah. Or should they say God spoke to me? This says, if you say, thus saith the Lord, your next words had better be scripture. Uh, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. that I mean, sense. yeah, we would agree with that. Yeah. But then, you know, I guess, I guess. Thus saith the Lord. For the false, yeah. <laughs> Give me cookies. <laughs> uh, for the f- false prophet thing, maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah. Mm. People making up their own scripture or saying, yeah, like they are the Lord. Number four. Uh, the board, deacons or other leadership group, and I are serious in serious disagreement over this. Yeah, that doesn't look good for any kind of management yeah, team. That's just tacky. Yeah. Well, and then that's lording your position of power and right. and the yeah. bully pulpit to say, I'm right, they're wrong, you should all agree with me. Yeah. But don't don't talk to them, don't investigate anything. I'm telling you, I'm poisoning the well now and telling yeah, exactly. you this is what's going poisoning on. Poisoning the well, yeah, yeah, trying to manipulate the... Yeah. I, I think that's a good advice for anybody in a managerial position. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. To don't come out to your subordinates and be like, hey, sure. this is what I think. They don't fucking agree with this. Yeah. They're all stupid. Basically, yeah, that's... Listen to me, but you're like, you kind of all want to be on the same page? For the most part. I mean, to have yeah. a cohesive working environment, so they know that, hey, we're all working together towards the same goal, instead of being like, well, he's got this goal, and they got that goal. Who we're all rowing I... in the same direction. Yeah. yeah, like, who do I listen to? Or pulling in the same direction, yeah. Number five. My wife is so dumb. Well, it might be true. She is really dumb, <laughs> for real. Probably not a good thing for a pastor to say. Unless you're a Baptist. I think that was the first viral news report that I saw songified. She's, you are really dumb. You are so dumb. 
You're really know. dumb for real. Hide your kids. Hide your. Oh, life. that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When he, when he did the hide your kids, hide your, I'm like, yeah. I remember that guy now. <laughs> Number six. If you love Jesus, you will be at this meeting today at two o'clock. Isn't that oh, what they all say? Like, yeah, come to isn't, church. Isn't on that this what church day. is? Yeah, yeah, I know. But this, uh, file this foolishness under the heading of taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, I'm sure he's he's using oh. it in the sense that you know you can't you can't turn to God you know to God either God told to me this something. or if you love Jesus yeah like because you just cheapen the whole yeah. experience yeah. that way, right. Number seven, I've not. I have not had time to pre- prepare today's sermon as thoroughly as I should have. Basically meaning you don't know the Bible you, you're supposed to be had a week and on. this is your one job. <laughs> yeah, You've got yeah. one job. Well, they had a half off at the Kitty Shacks. <laughs> By Kitty Shacks, I mean whorehouse. <laughs> uh, number eight, I'm the pastor. God put me in charge. I'll be making these decisions. Yep, probably not good for, especially a pastor who relies on their income from the community that they are being a pastor to. Yeah. Yep. Number nine, if you don't fill in the blank, I will leave. What a fucking childish. (laughs) It sounds like Trump. Well, if you're not going to do it, I'm just going to take my bottle cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not going to give me the funding, I'll just declare a national emergency. I don't want to do it. I didn't have to do it. But I did it because it'll get it done faster, yeah. okay? Um, This one I actually think is good advice. Uh, it's uh, in closing, finally, for the fifth time. Never tell your, the congregation you're almost through. They will not hear another word you say. <laughs> but if you do, keep your promise. Don't worry, guys. We're almost through the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're almost done. We're getting there. Number 11. That reminds me of a joke. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just cliche, I guess. Yeah. Let's see what he says about it. Some some may debate whether the pulpit is a place for jokes, but regardless, it's almost always true that once you impulsively grab on grab on the spur of the moment, you'll get in hot hot water. Well, it's fucking <clears throat> church is boring. You need to liven it up a little bit to make people want to be there, right? I never went. Well, I guess it depends it on the church. Boring, some yeah. some church Mormon church service is fucking able. It's like a funeral, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I don't like funerals. Imagine going to a funeral once a week for three hours. Like, yeah, it's oh, just fuck that. It's awful. No. Uh, number twelve. God has called me here until I die or retire. <laughs> of course. Doesn't that's, doesn't that's really all. It's not very work. inspirational. Like. Yeah, it's just uh, I'm doing the. It's just, I'm, I'm doing, doing this, this because I have to until I die. Like it's work. Yeah. yeah. I took the course. You don't have you don't have the passion of the Christ in you. <laughs> uh, number thirteen. Well, it's good to see some of you. Uh, it's good to see some of you who've not been here since last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what they miss Easter? <laughs> Fuckers. That's that's just really passive aggressive. It's funny because yeah. it says or Easter. No, does it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just a super <clears throat> passive aggressive thing to say. Yeah, yeah. It's a, why would a pastor want to berate people coming to church instead? Mm-hmm. Welcome them and give them reasons to return. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I if I were somebody who only went to church once or twice a year, and I heard that, I'd be like, I'm out. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm calling attention to me being here and doing it in a dickish way. Well, I'm not coming back next year. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That's what I would do too. Hmm. 
So I, I just wanted to bring up one more thing here real quick. That reminds me of a joke. Um, I was, I was, I was, I was, was going to up a personal anecdote because you, you got affected by the government shutdown. Uh-huh. Now with Trump's border wall. Just a little bit. With the Trump's border wall. Uh-huh. Um, it is actually affecting my job. Oh, really? Do tell. You know how he, he did his national emergency? Uh-huh. We were supposed to get our fire station remodeled that's been built. Intense, that was oh, but he's, ta- he's the money that those was supposed funds have to been go earmarked to the, the yeah the money that was supposed to go towards the remodel of our fire station that's sixty years old mm-hmm. was fucking taken. Those for funds the have been earmarked wall. for a border wall. Nice. So what they've been working on for the past eight years to get that station remodeled so that we can actually fit our fire trucks in it instead of living in trailers we can actually have more or the bedrooms built and get the kitchen fixed. It's not going to happen now because Trump took the money. What about your Trump supporting coworkers? How do they feel about that? Well, we just found out about this this last week. Oh yeah. When the commanders came by, I said you guys I said, well, we had the money, but it was taken for the wall. And I was like, well, first he said fence, and I'm like, fence? We ain't getting a new security fence around this base. It's the fucking bombing range. People don't come on the bombing ranges. Mm-hmm. He said, no, no, not for the dugway, for the border. I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, they took our money for that shit. Well, mm-hmm. I guess this is directly affecting us now. Mm. Your remodel got trumped. It did. By the wall. <laughs> and I don't want a Trump remodel either. Well, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, so well, it's been a it's been a crazy headache there because them trying to force them to work on our shit has caused other shit storms to happen. Yeah. So mm. it's just, you know. You get a normal stove like you have in your own house, but you got 11 guys trying to cook their dinner on that one stove. Mm-hmm. 11 guys trying to do laundry on one washer and one dryer. Do you guys not do potluck stuff? or It, it depends. Yeah. I mean, some guys do certain diets and stuff. And so pretty much on any given night between 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock, somebody's cooking dinner. And usually the laundry machine's going till 2 a.m. to try to get everybody to be able to get in there and do their laundry. Hmm. So. You don't, you want to, you want to be mixing. Mixing your unmentionables with somebody else's unmentionables. Well, it's usually all of our work clothes and stuff. Yeah. So they all look exactly the same. So oh, right. you so write your it's... names on all your clothes, it's kind of hard to figure out, okay, who's, whose Dogway Fire Department t-shirt is this? We all wore the same one. Hmm. That makes sense. So. Hmm. Yep. Well, I think that'll wrap things up for us this evening. Thank you all very much for listening. Ooh, are you going to tell them about our guest next week? Oh, yeah. We've got uh, Dr. Uh, Hector Garcia joining us next week. I'm really looking forward to that. His second time. Yes. Mm-hmm. For his other fantastic book. Yeah, which I got to read this week. That we will be discussing. I need to finish it as well. Um, I also yeah. have the book. I, I am very much looking forward to that discussion. He's a really sharp dude. And yeah, yeah it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to have him on the show. I think he's going to be at the American Atheist Convention also. Uh, if you have not booked your stuff for the American Atheists Convention and would like to go, you should do that as soon as possible. Yeah, it's too fucking late. No. It's not, <laughs> no, it's not no. too late, but it's getting to be yeah. too late. Um, uh, I know the, the hotel block that they had reserved is filling up very, very quickly. Um, and they've got some really cool speakers coming and just honestly, I've been to enough of them now that I go to some of the talks from people that I haven't heard before mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's something that I haven't heard before, some different angle on 
religious privilege or or how religion is harmful or whatever I'll, I'll go to those specific ones uh other than that though i just really really like hanging out with other members of the community and yeah and just chit-chatting with people and it's like a week-long party with people who all agree that the whole idea of belief in the supernatural nonsense is fucked is weird <laughs> and strange and you yeah, i don't know it's just it's very cathartic to just be around people where you don't have to constantly think if you say oh my god who's going to be pissed off if you say you know if you use a curse word if you do it's just it i just i'm much more relaxed around a whole big bunch of atheists and it's fun we have a lot we have a lot of fun i like the the like they do comedy stuff they do individual little breakout workshops for stuff um and then it's nice i I like to go and just kind of recharge my activist batteries um doing doing this stuff day in and day out can sometimes get a little taxing i was gonna say say that this state can probably drain that battery pretty quick yeah for sure definitely (laughs) (laughs) uh but before we go i want to make sure that we thank our patreon supporters and in order to do that i need to get our handy dandy little uh thing here with our list of patreon supporters that would be mr alan firth newmania Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrews. Let them eat kofefe. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Freethinker215. Captain Samples. Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Mary Scott Bujakowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodapitch. Angelica Parson. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hammer. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Savid Acuna. The Purple Dragon. <laughs> Taylor Grin. <laughs> Thank you all very, very much. If you two would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so for as little as a dollar per episode uh, by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can sign up and support the show. Uh... I keep saying I'm going to do other things and set up other things. Like if people want to contribute through PayPal or whatever, or, and to get a shop with merchandise and stuff. And I just have not had time to do that. You kind of started it. I did like over a year ago now. I think, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just been languishing out there waiting for me to finish it up. And it gets to where I either forget or I don't have time or both. And so I need to I need to do something about that to fix that whole situation. But uh yeah. Hopefully I will see some of you at the American Atheists Convention by the time you hear this and then we'll have I think two more episodes ahead of when the convention actually starts. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then we may end up taking a week off because of the convention because well, I'll be out of town, gone. but We'll have to see how that goes. Maybe we'll figure something else out. I don't know. I don't know. We just, we come in here, we record. It's kind of a uh, fly by the seat of our pants kind of thing. A little bit. There's some preparation. We eat I, pizza. I would say the but. schedule is usually pretty steady and strict, but yeah. it just depends on the individual members like uh, me Yeah. <laughs> to keep the schedule. Well, and yeah, and just. Other things that yeah. pop up, we've you know we've all got life, life, yeah. and shit happens and whatever and whatnot. But 
it's been a rough start to this year for us, I think. Yeah, a little bit. You know. But we're closing out. Season five will be wrapping up here soon. Yeah. Because we started wow. right after the American Atheist Convention. Uh-huh. 2014. Five. That seems like so long ago. Yeah. yeah. 2014 was so, yeah. Yeah, we'll be starting season six next month. Holy That's, damn. Holy monkey. Fuck. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. Well, and then our episodes are long. Longish. Or just long. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. And so, I mean. As far as like number of episodes versus total content, like we've got Power. a lot of content out there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think we could do it. Yeah. All right. Well, we will chat at you all next week. And so until next time, crucify those who are not civilly engaged. Mm. Leave a review if we've helped occupy two hours of your time while at work. <laughs> <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward flyless zebras. <laughs>